If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So, this week on the podcast, we have Fanula Gigax. Fanula is a wonderful, wonderful actor, writer. Uh, you'll know her from her work on the Abbey stage, uh, the Shitstorm in this year's Dublin Fringe Festival in the Peacock, uh, and also from her own show, Hostel 16, which was really, really successful at last year's Fringe Festival. She's one of the most exciting kind of writer, creator, actors out there, uh, and it was so great to sit down and have a chat with her. So, guys, I have no major news uh, on my end. Just finished a big, long run of King Lear, and it's with great delight that I can say I've got a couple of weeks off, which is so sweet. I'm going to hibernate in Donegal and talk to absolutely nobody for eight days. I am so excited about it. So I've preloaded some podcasts for you guys to enjoy while I am away. So other than that, please get stuck in and enjoy Fanula Gigax playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Hey guys, just another little addition to this episode. Myself and Fanula had a little talk in the aftermath of our episode and we both had the feeling that we left some things unsaid in this episode and in the aftermath of all the wonderful things that came out about what we're going to talk about, which is Michael Colgan, the gate, the legacy that's been left behind of abuse, in particular towards women in our industry, which happens to be the theatre industry, we felt it was really important to name what we were talking about really and that is a man who abused his power for years and this is now coming to light that man is Michael Colgan and in the spirit of the wonderful women like Grace Diaz Kira Smith Ella Clark so many more we wanted to join ranks and not let the fear that you're going to hear in this episode protrude what should have been said all along and in the spirit of that I wanted to add that in at this point so if you hear some ambiguity later in this episode that's why like everyone in this culture, we've been made afraid. We've been made to not want to sound difficult to work with. We've been made to be quiet. And I think now is the time when that's no longer good enough on my part, on Fanula's part. And for that reason, we wanted to name that we're talking about Michael Colgan. And it's important to say that. We stand in unity with the women who've come forward. And we just wanted to make that clear from the get-go. Thanks a million, guys. Enjoy the chat. Tom Ready to play personality bingo Tom Horn? Yeah, ready. Woo. Try to say that as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, right, so I'll give a quick explainer of how it all works. So there's 60 balls in here. I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock and I've got 60 questions right here. I've given you five numbers. Could you do us a favour and read out the five that are on that sheet? 4, 49, 39, 51 and 19. Sweet. Could you do me a favour and pick a sixth number between 1 yes. and 60? I actually thought about this on the way in. Oh, what'd you go for? 18. Any reason? Uh, because I have a good feeling about 2018. I think it's the even number. I didn't have a good feeling about 2017. I wasn't really looking forward to it, but 2018, I like the sound of it. Because nice. it's the even number. Interesting. I had that feeling about being 24. Yeah, okay. I don't know why. I'm 24 now, and I had the feeling about being 24, and I was always like, I was like, oh, something crazy's going to happen, like something really good career-wise, or like, I'll die. Yeah. And it could be anywhere you're, in between. You're still here. I'm How many more months do you have to? 25? Still here. That's the part you said. You're still here. And your career's going great. Oh, it's really great. <laughs> no, 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 no. All those things. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I've got I've got a while. Like, uh, my birthday's in May, so like... Oh, you still have loads I have loads go. of time. I've got like seven months. Yeah, I kind of had this feeling about 2017 that... You know, you just have an instinct about a year. Like, I didn't feel that about <clears throat> 2017. Like, this is going to be the year. I felt like it was going to be a real, like, grafting year and a lot of, like, little steps. But then that 2018, some of those would kind of pop up into things. Yeah. H- have you been proven right so far? Yeah, but uh, sort of. It started off like that, but then actually some really good things have happened um, yeah. this year that I'm like, actually, no, it has been a good year. Yeah. It's been better than I expected. That's exciting because you never kind of know... How a year how a year will go, but no, there definitely have been things that are kind of out of the ordinary that I didn't think would happen. Sure, I wonder, like then, like when you get to like you know, fingers crossed, but like I'll live to like you know, eighty or ninety or hundred or like never die, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and then you just look back in your whole life, and then you're like, oh, the whole thing was just these little tiny steps. Definitely, like you, you definitely will. Definitely, it'll probably be hard to pinpoint. Like, okay, I'm sure like these like landmark years, like let's just say like the year you get like married, <coughs> or like the year like if you choose yeah. to have a kid or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like yeah. Th- those years, I'm sure. But like you know, are, are you really gonna remember like the first time you got like? 
Like, you, are you going to remember the year, the first year you got, like, a job, like, somewhere you really want to work? Like, let's just say it's, like, the Abbey or something. I mean, you worked in the Abbey this year. I wonder, will yeah. you be, like, 2017 was I the kind year. of, ha- well, that was a big thing. Because um, I, yeah, so when I heard that that show was going to happen in the Peacock, that was, like, massive. Because working in the Abbey in any, like, Peacock or the Abbey is such a big deal. And I think any young actor, that's sort of, like, the dream. And uh, so when I heard, I remember I was at a workshop and I came out and Maeve, who was the director, sent me a voicemail. <clears throat> And I had no expect. I didn't know this was a conversation that was even being had. So she left uh, me a message saying, oh, you know, and just like, you know, it's going to be on the peacock. And I actually died. Like, oh. And I do want it. Like, I want to maintain that kind of excitement about the fact that that happened in 2017. And that was a huge thing. And if I because it could be the last time I ever work in the Abbey. So I do like I'm really into like, um, like cherishing those moments. I keep a diary like really religiously and I write down any time like really exciting things like that happen because I'm like, I want to kind of look back and go, yeah, that was actually really exciting. It wasn't trivial even at the time. It was really like a big deal. Yeah, that's great. A diary, I, like a, a diary is one of the things I'm always like, I should be doing a diary. And then I did, I had one on this app. We haven't even started the fucking podcast anyway. We, we, I wanted to win, but I'm not going to, it doesn't matter. No, Keep we haven't going. even started the time yet. So like, this oh, is all, okay. this is all free time. Oh, okay, cool. It's just going to end up being like a 68 minute episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I had this app called Penzu and it was like an online like app. So you just put it into your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that, I mean, that's dodgy because it's like online. I mean, in the same <clears> way, like if you write in your diary, like someone could find it, whatever. But uh, it was like locked and all that. But, um, and then, but then it used to, it like reminds you. So like, I, you know, oh, so it's like work. two years ago today, and like no. uh, like it was some nonsense that I'd scribbled down like being like never go to coppers again yeah <laughs> like, oh my god well that is definitely legit I hate coppers like with a burning passion I've never liked it so that is that is fair that's fair so maybe there was merit to Penzu all along yeah maybe there was I should re-download that alright um, let's play okay, okay. so I, I should say I didn't get a finish that if we do get <clears throat> all of the numbers yeah. I should say if you do then you win personality bingo everything explodes Woo-hoo. and you get to ask me a question Great. turn the tables it's never happened before okay. uh, Romana just played there and she whitewashed absolutely nothing nothing okay. nothing I'm not loving these numbers there's a lot of nines and ones well, but you know that could be great you fucking bitch <laughs> right, okay well, let's see yeah, let's see what you do alright here we go uh, first number out the gate is number 51 do you have it yes <laughs> oh my god sorry uh, delighted That's you got a, a one start. in it there you go. That's what you get for giving out. Uh, right, number fifty-one. Um, if you could choose, um, no, oh, yeah, if you could choose one person to interview, who would it be? Oh, oh, that's a really, um, oh, that's really, really hard. Um, okay, well, I'm obsessed with Meryl Streep, but I actually think I don't want to meet someone who who I love because I feel I I won't come across where I would want to come across. I want to have a candid conversation. Actually, recently I've been reading, um a lot about Patti Smith and uh, her time in the Chelsea Hotel and I'd love to just know more about that on like an intimate level of just having a chat. Do you know about that place? No, no, no. It was this hotel in New York and it's re- it closed down. I actually watched a documentary about this morning so it's in my brain. Yeah. But um, a hotel in New York where all these like really, really famous artists lived and they all had their own like decorated rooms and they used to make, like Andy Warhol was there and Bob Dylan and Patti Smith and Arthur Miller and all these amazing artists. And I kind of love just to hear like the inside scoop of, of what that was like. But would that be the only person I would... I'm just going to say that because that's in my brain this morning. Yeah, interesting. What's the crack, right? Um, I just was curious about this. I haven't read anything about it yet. But you know, with Meryl Streep yeah. and you know with Harvey Weinstein... Yeah. Was there some weirdness? Oh. Was there some weirdness that was going on? With her, that she didn't talk about it? No, that she, like, are they like bestos? Oh, no, don't tell me that. No, sorry. I'm, oh, it could be. And, uh, no, and I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to fucking pass, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to do the thing where, like, yeah, um, shift the blame on No, not at all. But, like, I, yeah, I heard some, That's interesting. I heard some weird thing. She's really interesting. We were talking about the other day. She is the best actress. I know. The best actor. She's just incredible. I know. What a fucking. I know. She actually is. And, she's one of those people that you see like you know when you see these older like there's a lot of like great actors um but there's kind of not that many that seem to have like all elements of their life and as well this is what you perceive it's not necessarily true but they have like a very balanced life between career family like friends it seems like quite like you see great actors but their life is bloody mental or mm. their life is very lonely and but when you see someone like Mary you're like oh god she sort of did it she kind of did all the things and there aren't like a huge amount of people who, who did that. Yeah. Like, I, I, she's one of the people as well. I'd love to see her on stage. I would 
kill to see her on stage. She did Mother Courage um, years ago, and I, there's a documentary about it that I'd love to get, but um, I would have loved to have seen that because I love that play. Yeah, that is an amazing play. Yeah, she's yeah she's smashing, man. and like she and it's been really interesting lately, like to see the movies that because she's obviously almost always going to be in with a shout for an Oscar yeah almost always yeah. and then sometimes she'll do like this random movie where she yeah, plays like a rocker mom or something like, yeah well, that actually gas. that movie's quite bad yeah 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 <laughs> and I watched I actually stopped watching that and I was like I'm not going to like her if I watch this film <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't good but that's interesting with the Weinstein thing I Weinstein because I think like <clears throat> with conversations at the moment all these like weird like obviously there's going to be the person at the centre but then it just trickles out loads of how you view like all these like allies and stuff and all these people even like not allies but people who knew things and it's just a weird weird time it's a really weird time like and even I suppose the thing like yeah we were chatting about Meryl Streep tonight just among friends yeah. and we were saying like because she said something really I, I actually to be honest I think um, I, I, I think that one of the things that's endearing about her though is she's not like some bulletproof person and it's not and she's also not someone who never who doesn't speak for fear of saying the wrong thing yeah like she came out with a really silly thing i thought it was really silly thing earlier this year or at the start the end of last year where she said something along the lines of like mma is not the art or something like mixed martial arts is not the real art or something and it was just really (laughs) silly it was like but you're drawing a parallel that doesn't need to exist yeah why but like but i and, and okay it's really funny like people are obviously too happy to just jump on a bandwagon and like shit and someone who's really yeah famous it's even like you know the happy pair guys remember like oh, yeah. last week and they jumped in the sea in the day of stormophilia oh, my God. and, and everyone wants to under, like sorry stormophilia like there was people doing mad things my mother who's like not the maddest person in the world turned into a crazy person she was so delighted not to, to get off school she's a teacher that like the whole day she was like let's just stay outside and like <laughs> made me go for coffee but like to an outdoor place and there was no one around and I was like mum like the one time of the year like we should not be outside and she's like no 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 she just felt like such a rebel the storm was happening she goes run out there to the shop and get me something I was like mum like this is housebound thing but there was just this like rebellious thing in her of like this isn't the normal routine that I live my life by and Mm. she just loved it it's so interesting and like speaking to that point it was like and, and during I don't know, that's what's kind of endearing about someone like Meryl Streep is like, I, I don't know, I think that the accusations around her went as far as like that. She, I think, thanked Weinstein in all of her Oscar speeches. Oh, yeah. You know. I imagine there's a huge pressure there, though, to do that sort of thing. Because if be. you don't, then everyone's going to go, oh, why? And and as well, like, yeah, you shouldn't if you know all those things. But I can imagine that's just like a given. That, Me too. Like, you I sh- think that that's the thing about these situations is I think that the focus needs to remain and like I suppose in a sense I'm guilty of it by even bring up her in this con- context but like the focus needs to remain on the perpetrators and like you need to yeah. really extend so much empathy to the people who are caught definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in that like because even like the stuff that happened like you know like closer to home you mm-hmm. know it, over mm-hmm. the last few weeks it's, it's so it's so difficult because on some level like no one's that really surprised that no, like no. that like you know we, we've heard stuff about people that have ran the biggest I mean like I know. for God's sake the wake in the feminist happened and like absolutely nothing changed there was probably no statement or anything yeah, came from yeah. that end of town absolutely it didn't and I remember like comments that were made at events and you know everyone would just laugh in at comments that were being made by that end of town about um, why you know women hadn't been given a chance on, on the stage on that end of town and everything like that and yeah absolute madness so none of it is surprised like it's, it's not surprising and if anything it's just sort of like almost and not just for that but like in the industry in general and beyond the theatre industry like there's big things in television now as well but just say even within the theatre industry I feel like it's a ticking time bomb I feel like there's going to be a lot more to come I think so too yeah uh, th- that I think that's the that's the thing it's like yeah it doesn't feel like the worst no like this feels like the like it doesn't feel this isn't the this is like the I don't know it's it's certainly not it was like the straw that broke the camel's back definitely but but now there's going to be a hay bale that murders the camel yeah because <laughs> you know Grace I mean? had uh, was very considered in in her um in her post about it and she'd taken a year to work it out legally and got a lot of advice and everything was very carefully worded so and that is the sort of care that I suppose should and needs to happen legally for people if they want to come forward so if it took a year for that kind of thing to come out then it's just like I know that there's I imagine there's a lot of things going on now under the surface that won't 
maybe come out for a little while because they can't until they're perfectly formed in a way that protects people who have stories. Yeah, which is, yeah, which so my dad, God bless me, he's always asking me like, you know your podcast, like what if someone <laughs> says something and then like someone I know, sues I you? I know, because even now I feel we're being like sort of like wary about you know even yeah saying like what using we're a name about. like, like yeah. yeah and like there's people who don't listen to this uh who di- who don't listen who listen to this podcast from like other countries i suppose the best thing to say would like something like uh hashtag me too mc or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. i don't because i don't want to like i like i don't want to get in trouble or i don't want to <laughs> yeah i know you know in a very selfish it's just no, it's, it's one of them hard times and it's one of those things it's it seems like the internet is very easy place to feel like oh let's just say everything mm-hmm. and actually it's it can backfire depending if you know you have to be careful about what you put out there on a personal level and a legal level and even in terms of the me too hashtag me too which is absolutely brilliant but if you are willing to put something out there then you're just opening yourself for exposure and what you know a whole load of things that you need to really before you write posts have thought about what are all the different ways this could go what are all the different responses and if you don't care and if it's not going to legally impact you in any way 100% go for it but I just think we have to be you know careful to a degree but it's also brilliant that the internet's there that these things can take fire you know and and spread and become more widespread because you know it's very easy for these conversations to happen in theatre bars where everyone knows but now like because of what Grace put out there, that's trickled out to, you know, beyond the theatre. It's in the newspapers and, you know, people who aren't just in the theatre world now know that that is going on. So it's a bigger, it opens up a bigger conversation. Yeah. It's it's all so unprecedented. Like, it's still hard to, like, not the, not the knowledge of it, but like this, public discourse surrounding it yeah you know yeah it, it, you're right because if this didn't happen and social media wasn't a thing the papers would not have gone with no it. like abso- i think the papers must have just felt pressure to do it i i imagine they were terrified terrified to even touch that because uh, like uh, and, uh, and someone with all that power that like mm. that man clearly has and is clearly mm-hmm. flaunted and you know whatever what, all the other things like th- no one wants to touch that yeah. that's what makes what grace did so brave yeah. and I suppose that's what like I'm yeah. trying to say about like you know because there were, there were people like even asking questions like I wonder what would have happened if he was still and then I was like uh, that's not even the point no do you know what I mean it's no. not the point it's not the point no and I know I think when, when I saw it I it was just like I could I was with my friends who aren't theatre people and I was like stop the boat like we were having preaching so I was like stop everyone what you're doing listen to this and because to me it's huge like it's huge for me working in theatre but even they were really interested because it links across it's in all industries like my friend's an engineer and she recently had a really bad experience of just outright sexism where she wasn't treated the same as her male colleagues because it's very male dominated industry so it's not just theatre but um, when I saw it I just went oh my god the world is exploding the whole night I was just refreshing Twitter to see what else you know what else yeah and I think you're right I think it is only a matter of time but yeah it's a it's um, it's a like it's like a it's exciting and it's it's scary and it's kind of like yeah. nervous. Yeah, it, it is. It's so many things, but I think ultimately, I think it is all in the direction of positive change, Definitely. which is most yeah. important. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that took ten minutes to okay, cool. get number right. two. Right. Come on. Okay, here we go. Number. Oh man, the bingo machine is taking its time. It's number thirty-eight. Oh, I had thirty-nine. Okay, sweet. That's what it just came out, wasn't it? No, fifty-one came out. Yeah, fifty-one. Yeah. Okay. Number question. thirty-eight. Question is: If you had to get a tattoo, what would you get? I actually. Okay, I have always said I would never get a tattoo. I really just don't like the idea of them. I'm a real commitmentphobe. I hate anything that like feels like I'm going to be trapped in it for life. <laughs> so always the idea. I know myself, I've had piercings and they've lasted three weeks and I've gone, oh God, I hate it now. Yeah. So I've always just had this fear of like, but what if I got really drunk one night and woke up with a tattoo? Which I actually, I think I'm so strong against them that that will never happen. If I did, if someone put a gun to my head and said, you have to get a tattoo, I would get on the sole of my foot so no one would ever see it. And I would get probably a 10, the number 10, because um, in my school friend group who are like very, very important to me, uh, there's 10 of us and we call ourselves the terrific 10. So I'd probably get that um, for my friends. But I, I don't even want to plant the seed because I never want to consider it. I yeah. don't like them. Yeah, and it's interesting, we were just talking about that earlier, about like if you get a tattoo and then in a place where no one can see it, you're kind of like, what's the point in getting a tattoo? But then you're really cool in a way, you go, do you have a tattoo? Yeah, where is it? Oh, 
you know. And then you <laughs> take can, off my sock. Take off your sock, real sexy. <laughs> so of your foot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that would be the only place I think. I'm just not. I just know that I, I get sick of things t- too quickly in general. Right. I get bored, so that it wouldn't it wouldn't suit me to have something. Yeah. I'd want it off. Yeah, I get you. All right, well, in, when I see you uh, sometime in the new year, I'm going to ask you to take your socks off. Oh, my God, okay. Uh, and we'll, we'll, just, we'll just check in about this okay, every few yeah, months. Yeah, we will, yeah, just All right, to okay. see. Sweet. Uh, okay, number 46, do you have it? Oh, no, 49. All right, nope. number 46 question is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, Best piece of advice? I, I actually don't know where this came from in general or if this is just more throughout the years and looking at people who I really admire in the industry but I would just say um to just be sound actually and to be like um I don't know just yeah to be like a kind person and to not like I try now like in with acting stuff like not to like I, I actually make a really genuine effort not to like look at what other people are doing or like um feel jealous or spiteful or anything like that because I just feel it doesn't help anyone and it, it actually just hurts yourself and I if I get a job I w- would hope that it would be because someone would say oh she's really great in a room and she's like a very good collaborator and ensemble member and that would be really important to me so just to be a person who people like want to be around and that's in general like even with my friends to be like a good friend or a good team member that would be kind of key and yeah not to look at what other people are doing which is hard but which can be hard yeah like there, there was a thing going around on twitter i think but it was it was re- it really just rang true of like that thing of you know i'm completely paraphrasing but something along the lines of never underestimate the value of just they'd be really good in the room it'll, yeah. it'll actually be much more useful than like oh they are really talented yeah I really would much 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 rather to be told uh, you'd be great in a room you're great in a room I rather than you're amazing like we all want to hear we're great but if I thought that I ever had any sort of attitude problem or is making life difficult for people in a room I would just want to quit to be honest and actually that really rang true I did an audition for um a show with Michael Murphy who I have a massive amount of respect for um before Christmas and he runs his workshops in the way that he wants to cast shows and it's a workshop audition and the first one like you actually don't do really any acting it's just games but he has a big kind of speech about you know I want I want kind people I want nice people I don't care if you are the best actor in the world if you're the best actor in the world and have any attitude or ego like I just don't want you and you know someone else will want you but I don't want you and I remember thinking like that's for me like that is the actor that I would want to be of someone who is you know kind and like obviously very hard working and and can give but is it's not about me it's about like the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. another thing that I'm trying to like take the advice I think this is harder but um is just to ask for what I want as well and uh, I think as a woman especially like and for men too but like I think women find it especially hard to just ask for what they want and um, we I just did the next stage there and we had a really brilliant group and we set up uh, the women set up a WhatsApp group after because we all spoke of this all the time we're like it's so hard to just even send an email and go oh would you meet me for coffee and it's all you're always apologising and and so we set up a WhatsApp group um, in which we're like encouraging each other and like people are posting and being like oh I've sent this email will someone proofread it for me and we're going yeah get rid of that just and get rid of that apology and or like I have a play do you think you know and we're all giving each other advice so I'm really up for that and just now trying to like ask for what I want not being pushy but just try and be more like confident and going I want this or I want this career or I'd love this opportunity and and trying to do that mm. yeah yeah that's great like that that whole thing about the apologies and the just like it is like and yeah I, I 100% agree I, I I think that's really great about like the whatsapp group yeah. like what a lovely it's actually thing. amazing and even since then like it's really impacted because I like if I'm sending an email it could be for nothing it could be like would you meet me for coffee I have a question I have I have something I'd love to ask your advice about and it would take me genuinely like 
a week to even consider like the the thought of it and I, I'd send it and then I couldn't look at my email for ages because I'd be just so embarrassed mm. and we talk about this in the WhatsApp and, and we're like hey let's just all send the email today and you end up sending like three emails and and you know and now hopefully like little collaborations will happen and you know if anyone has anything they want to read like someone else has been sending me my friend Claire um Monley, who's amazing, she has been sending me like some of her writing that she's just starting and I'm going, yeah, you know, keep at it. And so that kind of vibe is like, I think really good. It's so good. Yeah, like, and what's really sweet about it and great about it is that it's not, um, if there's nothing, like there's nothing performative about it. It's no. like a little private thing yeah, for yeah, you yeah. guys and it's internal and the results of it will just be seen out in the world anonymously, which yeah, is kind of gorgeous as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because totally. there is this weird thing about like, you know, just um, just like with how much social media and how important it is and how brilliant it is a lot of the time. But like there is inevitably something performative about it because it's there oh, for people to be seen. 100%. Social media is so performative. Yeah. And I'm totally like criminal of that. Oh, like, me too. As we all are. Yeah. Like really, really are. It's And I don't, like there's kind of two like it's great when you're doing a show to be able to post about it but as well like it definitely trickles in to your life and if something happens you want to post it and if you look like I looked through my Instagram recently and I thought god I'd actually look at my Instagram and think she's like a really exciting life and (laughs) and I do in ways but like in other ways like there's so many hours a day where my life is so boring and mundane and weeks go by and not doing anything and and it's totally like it's just fake but I think as long as we acknowledge like well it's all fake like your social media is fake and hers is fake and it's actually all just fake it's a highlight reel it's like that's all it is that's a good way of looking at it that's a really useful way of looking at it yeah highlight reel it's all it is and like I love Twitter and stuff I think Twitter's great crack Mm. I think like Instagram and uh, and Twitter as well to a degree and Facebook I'm not so into anymore but like they are just it's performative and there's there's motives behind it but I do think they're important as well as artists that you can you know keep yourself out there yeah I, I, I fantasise and I don't I don't think it, it ever comes to be honest but I, I fantasise about the day where I'm like I, I don't need my oh my social God, media same. anymore all the time I like, do too Facebook's the first and I want that gone me too and, and I think I've I could been, do that I've been saying this for eight I think this was my New Year's thing I was like I think I could get rid of Facebook and maybe keep the messenger. But although I don't even talk to that many people on messenger anymore, but I was like, I think I could get rid of it. And I deleted it from my phone, the actual app. But then I was still like Googling it sometimes. And like, I do love Twitter. And I kind of started with Instagram. I was like, I'm going to hate Instagram. It's all about vanity, image, da, da, da. And at the start, I would always say, oh, yeah, I'm not into Instagram. But now I'm like, oh, God, I'm actually on Instagram quite a lot. Mm, like, yeah, um, it's just sort of addictive. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the it would be great to be f- to be free of it in a way but then you would there's a lot of things you'd miss out on yeah like it's, it's stupid stuff like you know like if someone's having a party yeah. I, I want to go yeah. and I won't know if I'm on Facebook that's stupid but like it's true it's true I don't want to be lonely yeah. I want to be, be out like <laughs> that, that is, meeting people do you know what that, is lit, that should literally be Facebook's like tagline I don't want to be lonely I want to be out <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be lonely I'm on Facebook which yeah. is the loneliest place oh my god it really is Fuck and me. you just have like also, I'd love to have like discipline, like one of the um, women on the next stage who's brilliant, Sonia Kelly, she's a writer mm. and performer and she's brilliant. And she was describing, you all know, talking about your process and everything. And she was saying, you know, when I'm working, I switch off my phone from 10 to 1. And then um, maybe she said she turns on for her lunch break and then she switches it off like she doesn't have it from 2 to 6 and she just writes. And I was like, I know that like I might have that intention. Absolutely not. I know I'd be checking things because I get bored, my attention span. But it would be great even for a week to really, really try and do something like that. Mm-hmm. But you just get you bored and angsty and, and lonely. You just don't be talking to people. Yeah, it's mad. Like, I do I do wonder, like, where will... Like, I, I not to be fucking all, like... um. Like not not Stranger Things. What's that show? The really good show. Stranger Things. Stranger Things is good. The other show. Um. Oh, Black Mirror. Yeah, not to be all Black Mirror about it, but it's like, oh. where are we going with it? We are going to like Black Mirror terrified me. Like I loved it. I think it's an amazing show, but it really is a mirror up to us. Mm. I I think like so many of the episodes. I thought, yep, yeah, like we are only like two steps away from that of that level of just insanity like and you know and I don't think we're the worst like you see like I find social media fascinating and people who like have social media as their career you know bloggers and fitness people I just think it must be so or who people who use it as therapy you know it's just think it's 
it must be so damaging the kind of that absolute reliance and obsession with it and like everything you eat every time you train every time you like posting it's and it gives you this false sense of like guruism which I think is really I think social media and guruism is like I think I've just made that word up that's an amazing word I was just admiring your new word well I may I'm just gonna claim that so everyone out there I I wrote I made the word guruism but I do think there is this thing and like sometimes it can be really healthy and sometimes it could be not healthy but if people lead a pack on social media they become the guru of that issue and that brings a lot of pressure to it. And like, and I think it's very helpful, you know, and I'm delighted that the people do use social media for things. But I do think they become figureheads when they're even maybe sometimes don't want to. And then I imagine there must be a lot of pressure then to keep up this, like, you are now the guru of this thing. Yeah. Same thing with fitness of like, you are this. So you are letting your people down by not posting what you had for lunch today. Mm. And all that. And I just, I just think that has to come crash there there has to be like bad effects of that 100 percent. like th- th- i love your word guruism by the way yeah, uh, it would actually be a great name for a play um stolen going it's mine yeah, no yeah, one yeah, do yeah. it <laughs> yeah. i'm writing it it's on here right now, now. <laughs> um unless i finish it before this podcast comes oh, out y- you get to have it <laughs> uh no but the but that thing of like i'm at that place uh, like at a place where i like the idea of being a guru for anything is horrifying yeah. to me because i like an um like people who would be like quite close to me, I would say like, like you flip flop at him. Like I change my mind all the time. Like I'll make a yeah. statement about a thing, and then the next week like, you just completely contradict yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, and isn't that great? Like, yeah, <laughs> does that, I don't know. That either means that I'm growing or I'm full of shit, and I I don't know which. But yeah, I'm kind yeah. of more comfortable with either of them than the fact of being a guru of anything. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree, and I don't know. Like some people want to be gurus. And that's fine. Um, I definitely don't want to be a guru in any way. I don't want to be responsible for what anyone else like thinks about things. To mm. be honest, I, th- I want to just have my own thing. But yeah, I, you just see it a lot. And f- over the past few years, and there's people who are brilliant. You know, like Lean Bell, I would say is a guru of you know feminism, and that she put a post, and unbeknownst to herself, you know, became a guru and became the person. And that's brilliant. And you know, I've spoken to Lean about it as well. And I don't think she expected that to happen mm. and you know it's br- I think it's brilliant what she does but there are all different levels of, of that kind of guruism and <laughs> say guruism again <laughs> um, but uh, and some of them are brilliant and some of them like just aren't healthy I think yeah no 100% it's um yeah, it's an interesting time because social media can kind of make everyone a guru yeah for their, and like you have followers you know it's, just, yeah. Yeah, it's literally it's literally doing that I know it's gas right we go again yeah okay uh, here we go. Number twenty-three. Nope. Okay. Number twenty-three. Question is, when was the last time you said a prayer? Oh. Honestly, I actually cannot remember. I have no. Like I'm quite actively not not anti-religion, not anti-religion, but I I kind of I don't know when it happened or why it happened, but I just got very. I never remember being very religious. I remember when maybe like one time when I was maybe like eight or something and being having like a desire to read the Bible, like the kids Bible. But then like I remember like hating communion, doing my communion, hating it, like hating it so much. I hate those kind of occasions, though. Hating doing confirmation, rebelling and wanted to be everyone chose 18 to drink. And I was like, I'm going to choose 17. And I was the only person in my class. So, you know, whatever. Mm. And then. I went to a, a very Catholic uh, secondary school and I never, that was probably the last time because we had to say prayers in the right. morning. So I would have been in sixth year um, saying prayers and I, but it, it, they didn't mean, I think I don't remember, I actually don't remember the last time I said like a meaningful prayer. Um, and then like I did, like in, in college, like so much so with Catholic church, I just found I'm I could talk about the Catholic Church for so long. I just mm. there's so many issues with it. I made a play when I was in fourth year uh, devising play about the kind of damage and the um that the Catholic Church has had on Ireland over years. Not damage but the influence and damage actually. Um so I, it's something I actually feel really strong about. But at the same time, I do I'm not I'm totally up for anyone else having their own um religion and I am quite I don't I don't even know spiritual like I believe that like things happen for a reason I believe in intuition I believe in like morals good morals but saying prayers to something like a god again a guru I 
I don't I haven't done that in ages and I can't really see myself doing it mm. do you have an issue like um how do you interact with the people in your life who are, take like great solace in Catholicism um I, res- I I would respect anyone who does I don't actually have any well, actually no one of my immediate friends would be sort of religious but again more kind of Christian and not not really about you know the Catholic Church per se um if anyone did I would absolutely I would never you know go I would never have an issue with that I just personally have so many issues mm. about the history and the just the, the the inequality within it and and growing up and kind of I don't know what it is, but growing up and made to like made to be- believe that th- this is everything. This is the power, and if you don't believe this, you're a bad person. If you don't comply with these rules, you're a bad person. And and you know how women are expected to behave, and like even how that you know still like really impacts on the constitution. Like it's still very prevalent. So I don't know. Like I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not a very argumentative person, so I couldn't, if anyone, I wouldn't argue with anyone over their belief in Catholicism. Um, but I just know for me, I have issues with it. Mm. I think as an Irish woman, I have a lot of issues with it. Yeah, it, like that's the thing. It's the, like, it's the institution behind it. Yeah. Like all of these things. I know. It, it, like, it's, it, yeah. Like, I wonder, because now, for all the shit we, we, we were talking about, like social media and internet, like it's, it's also made the world a kind of place where, like for example, there's no need for there to be a president of America. Like no. America's too big for there to be like yeah, yeah, a yeah. guy yeah. in charge. And like obviously, I know it's easy to say that now with Trump in charge and like everything's a bit mental. Yeah. But like even, like there's no need for it. Like that was useful when, like this isn't my theory, I'm completely taking this from people much smarter than me but th- they articulated it really well like that was when you needed to like send pigeons to like deliver news and like people yeah, on horseback Yeah. now we can literally pick up the phone I know, we yeah. can send an email we can have everyone like literally vote with this yeah. like security actually with yeah. a phone you know what I mean there's yeah. there's no need for, for all these things because any of that like power mm. you know it's that cliched phrase but like absolute power corrupts like absolutely power is just I'm just suspect of it in every way people who really desire power on every level I, there's something like anyone who would want to be the president of America I, like I would just question like why like why there, there, there has to be a real yearning for power and in that I just feel like well I don't trust that I don't trust that that's for goodness because I don't know and yeah same way but I should with Catholicism I'm not like I wouldn't be against anyone else and I do I think there's different ways of like like I really like being in nature and like walking and running and and just being a good person mm-hmm. while trying to be but yeah I just power power structures I find difficult yeah like no it's so it's so interesting that you talk about it, like as, as in like your relationship as a woman is something that I'll never fully understand but it's really interesting with my, myself and the most religious person in my life would be my granny who's 90 oh, years yeah, old yeah, yeah. So she would have grown up right yeah. in the thick of that like two priests uh, were her brothers and like completely revered and like she would be the victim of her own family's sexism I yeah. would say you know yeah, what I mean yeah 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 and I would have no thank god she doesn't know how to work an iPhone because yeah. I'd hate like but she would have no understanding of that I don't think and she's an incredibly intelligent yeah. woman by the way yeah, yeah, yeah. and at the same token but if you're brought up in something that's your belief system 100% that's just it like and it's hard to and even like my mum would have grown up in very um, you know Catholic she was very Catholic as was her whole generation and so I think for them like I'm actually very grateful for when I did grow up because there wasn't that pressure like we went to mass when I was younger, I mm. always hated it. My mom had started to hate it as well, my dad. But like growing up in their generation, it was like so important. And I think it really impacted like how, like I think that generation were like very sexually repressed, like didn't talk about things. And it must be a real shift in whatever for us. And it'll be interesting to analyze when we're older, like what was the shift for us? Maybe it was the internet for us. Mm. But like for them, the collapse of religion and that must be like a real like strange thing to happen because you've been you've been like brought up that this is everything and then for that to crumble it must you know what do you turn to yeah and that's been that's been an interesting thing like on a personal level to like reconcile like with that relationship with my grandmother like Mm. and I've said this before but when when, you know like uh, when my granddad passed away like about 18 months ago like it literally got her through it you know what I mean and I would never wish 
a life without religion on her now you know like the worst thing that could happen to her now would be that she could almost see the hypocrisies of of it and to yeah. see it for all yeah. its flaws no i totally agree <laughs> i don't know i don't even as i say that i don't even know if i agree with that sentence but do you know what i mean no like, i totally get you. i've seen the like and the, there's the one, great things about it and, like that and there's wonderful like even you know uh, like even her like the wonderful men within it like even yeah. like you know when you say even when <laughs> It's so funny when I said to you there were two family uh, priests in my family. The first thing that I thought to say next was like neither of them are pedophiles because yeah, that, that is like because that's probably where <laughs> everyone's mind goes. Um, and like yet yeah, like her local priest like is just a wonderful, wonderful, caring oh, there are man. Amazing people. I have um, amazing woman in my life who is extremely religious, and I absolutely adore her. And she is someone who, when I talk to her, I'm like, God, maybe I'm missing out here and like and she doesn't know that I'm I'm sure actually she does because she's very intuitive that I'm not religious but basically she was the music teacher in my primary school and um and I loved music and she got sick when I was in senior infants so I was only six and she left the school and came back when I was in first class and got sick again but I loved her so much that I stayed in contact with her since then me Mm -hmm. and my other friend and she um, so she was a music teacher in our school and she had been a nun she'd been really wild and then she'd been then she was a nun and then she met her husband and was just like completely in love with him and they're amazing people and she's not in the nunnery anymore but um, just like incredibly kind like Mm. incredibly so her religion is just this immense like love and kindness Mm. and but she is still like she talks about God and stuff but she is just she would like if people came to the door you know homeless people she'd bring them in like she just does amazing stuff and helps sick people and everything and you know I've kept her in my life because she's like just an amazing amazing person so the the religion isn't all bad like at all yeah it's interesting well it was funny when you were saying about when you would like hate going to mass I used to go to mass by myself oh did you I loved it really I loved it and but like when I look back I didn't love mass I loved I I probably loved mass for other reasons that I loved the theatre like I loved sitting in a kind of darkened room with strangers Mm. I love that I love the community of like singing we're hearing like people sing I like singing, singing along I liked the singing bit yeah and I liked I, I like I liked being preached to it in a sense I found it interesting wow, okay, and I love yeah. the stories and I, there was a theatricality to it like a lot I, of people are like that like I love reading that these people like Tommy Tiernan now if you believe or not but I love him but he wanted to be a priest yeah and like Jen, I wanted to be a priest you way. did too yeah. yeah and so did Al Porter apparently like all these people. Doesn't surprise me that, that like, I'm um, in no way putting myself in the same bracket as Tommy Chain nor Al Porter, but, like, that those guys went on to be comedians because it's the same thing. Yeah. It's so close to being the same thing. It's like preaching their own word. You know what I mean? So they didn't have yeah, to stand by true, yeah. the... But, like, how many priests are, like, repressed actors yeah. or repressed comedians? They wanted to stand oh up God. in front of a bunch of people. That would be a good show. You write talk. that show. I'll write that show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I'll write <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, okay. Number 50. No. Okay, number 57. Question is, if you could give 12-year-old you some advice, what would it be? Oh, it's so interesting. Whoa, this time has flown. Oh, how much time do you have left? We're grand. We've got like 37 minutes. Okay. No, 37 Um, minutes gone. Oh, I don't know. I like, I'm really like obsessed with my childhood self. I feel like, I can't even describe it, but I just feel, I still feel very connected to my childhood self and I really there's people who I know and they go oh I can't even remember what it was like to be a child and I can really remember what it was like to be a child like very clearly and at all the different stages like I have a good memory memory anyway but I can really put myself back and go yeah oh yeah I remember what I was like then and I don't think I'm massively different personality wise Mm. um in lots of ways and I can like if I look back I'm like ah yeah there was all you know I can see the links advice for 12 year old I actually don't know I think like I think I had maybe I don't know actually that's Mm. a really really hard question because it's kind of it seems like it could be linked with like regret or what we what would you do differently and and I actually like I think I was very lucky actually and like in my secondary school I had a great time like maybe just savor like family moments more my parents broke up when I was 16 and I, maybe at the time I thought that would never happen um, because things were very perfect so maybe but at the same time I can look back and like I think I really appreciated those like really really great times so I actually I don't know I, that's really hard mm. 
Interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's weird. Like, I suppose I, I, sometimes it's useful for me to think about what I wanted to talk about when I, like, came up with the questions. Yeah. And I think it was, like, what would make... Your life easier. You, you that, because that's a tough time, you know? Twelve. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's, that was a, it's a funny age. Cause I think going through, like, your parents, like, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That came later. That came when I was 16. But, yeah, so up until then, like, so 12, so sixth class. I think, like, I was still very immature. I was a very immature, immature in, in a very nice way, like, quite a childish 12-year-old. Mm. Like, I wasn't, like, ahead of the game. I was very much, like, oh, God, it's all happening too fast. I don't want to be... 13 what like I don't want to be kissing boys I don't want to be doing all these things I was very much like I want to be climbing the trees and I want to be you know playing sport and so maybe I don't know maybe don't feel the pressure but that evidently happens and then I went into secondary school and thankfully like when I look I really look back at secondary school with a massive amount of like gratefulness that how easy it was for me because when I hear of other people talking about their secondary school experiences I go oh my god it would break my heart to think back on myself as like a young teenager or child and get bullied or you know not have friends or be lonely and Mm. luckily like obviously we all have moments where like people aren't nice to you but I was really really lucky from first year I made like my really close friends through sport and I feel like I kind of had an easy enough time, minus my parents breaking up. But like, as a, as a person, like I feel like, in terms of like what other teenagers go through, like we didn't have social media. Mm. There wasn't like that was a big thing. We didn't have that pressure then, and and I never felt like a little phase in fourth year where I I kind of lost track a little bit in terms of who I was friends with. But like other than that, I I very solid friends and like sport and I liked theatre and well that was later as well but I feel like I had a relatively easy time compared to other people Mm. which is I'm massively grateful for because tough time yeah 100% that yeah it's and it's interesting like as well because I I felt like this too I I was like um really loved sport like during school I always say that like oh my god that like that sport is just like the best thing that ever happened to me, I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. Do you get to play much now? I know, you, like, you work out and stuff now. Like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's still really important to me because, like, I absolutely like. Sometimes I find it really sad. Actually, thinking back, even my twelve-year-old self was obsessed with sports, like to the way that I am with theatre now. So it's mm-hmm. fine because I've found it in another way. But I adored it, like, and I was doing it every single day, and you know, played at really high levels of um, Gaelic and basketball. And like really adored it and would have done anything. But I always, even then, I actually always knew that I wanted to be an actor and it was always theatre, but I was just happened to be doing sport at that time. Mm. But I do think sport gives you this amazing, um, like, uh, drive to like kind of get what you want. Like I, I would be competitive in sport. I'm actually not competitive in theatre stuff mm-hmm. or with acting. I don't think there's any point because it's not in your control. Sport, you can kind of, can, you can train a lot and you can like, try and like you know have a good game or whatever but I think it does give you this like really good drive sense of being on a team it's not about you it's about the team um and as well for me like that has definitely made like yeah I do like working out now because it's it's good for my mental health because I did it as a child if I don't do it even for a week I'll feel like cloggy and angsty mm. but if I go for a run I'm like on top of the world I feel like it, massive endorphins I don't know if you feel like that yeah 100% but it's one of them things that like I, I forget like it's one of the things that you should remember because we know that and yeah. we know that even scientifically I know, like I know. why don't we remember and do it every day I know I try when I'm in a good routine I like I do try and do it like most days and I will feel brilliant and I will and and I'll really feel the difference of like one day I'll be like I'll crave going and then you let it go and it becomes a really scary thought of working out because you associate with failure and I'm not going to be as fit I'm not going to be as this but actually if you just go it's I, I just think it's it's the way it's the way like to survive the kind of anxiety for me anyway is just yeah, to, to to work out or it, to train. It's so true. Like it's one of them things. Like and you talk about like mental health or or whatever. And it it's one of them things because mental health is so difficult to talk about because there are so many underlying factors in in terms of like, I mean a, a million things in terms of your circumstances in terms of yeah. like your literal 
brain chemistry in mm. terms of your family, whatever's Definitely, going on. Yeah. But like one thing that is kind of undeniable is that like if you were able to exercise and eat better and probably drink less, you'd feel <laughs> yeah. better. Well, the drinking's another one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But they're all things like, I definitely do all them things wrong sometimes. And it's one of them things that you can't really, if, if you have a friend that's like severely depressed, you yeah. can't be like, go for a run. Yeah, Because it, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Yeah, it and kind it of totally, is that simple. I know. For me, it's actually quite that simple. Yeah. But I know that in, gen- in general, like I can get down, I think, or uh, angsty and that is definitely linked with being in this industry I don't know if I'm naturally someone who but I think everyone is now actually and and that's kind of a good thing to recognise everyone gets down everyone gets angsty I'm not someone who's a naturally low person I can get low especially when I'm terrible when I finish a job I'm awful for around a week I'm really bad but like in general I can, I'm quite like I'm quite good, I think. But at the same time, if I didn't train, I just it would just be such for me. But that that's linked to my history of playing sport and mm. and playing it like most days. My body actually needs it. It remind like when I do it, my body is in a comfort zone there mm. doing like running and stuff. Yeah. And um, but for other people, like if you're not, some people just actually never. Some people hated sport, hated PE, and so for going for a run for them isn't the same. Maybe going, you know, you can walk and stuff. It doesn't always help. And like you said, there are things like chemically going on that the, it's not so simple. But mm-hmm. for me, luckily, like not always, but like sport is a big help. Mm. And it's good for the for our job to be like fit if yeah we, if we can be it is do you know that that's just <laughs> an interesting thing like it's a weird thing to talk about but like that's undeniable like yeah do you know what i mean it kind of in fact it's not but like it's a weird it's a weird thing to like reconcile with yourself to like how important your image is for this job oh it's awful i hate thinking about it but it's it's true like do you know i was talking about it <laughs> and it was a, a female friend because i i also like it's it's one of them things where I I think it's really important for men, but it it's definitely more important for women, and it, yeah. like that's not more important, but it's more on the surface. Like it's not more on the surface. True, women it, are more. There's definitely more pressure on women. There's no doubt about it. It, it, it. For loads of reasons, like there are much more female actors than there are male actors. Yeah, it's a sexism thing of women should look a certain way. You know that's partly. But then men, you know, th- I feel like maybe there's more of a culture now to be like buffer yeah and what i'm trying to because you can really get when you're like on a low if you're not working you can read and i know this from talking to literally every female actor friend that i have that will be your go-to you will go oh god maybe if i was thinner i'd be doing that job or i'd be doing that and like that's across the board that's not anyone who is like has um issues around food that's actually just like what your brain as a female will go to because it's so image based and it really really shouldn't be but what I'm really trying to now think about when it comes to like body image and and acting and how they they link I'm now trying to be like okay if I'm called in to do a physical theatre audition I want to be like really fit I want to be like not out of breath by the warm up and try to think of it more like that and like stop like and again I definitely won't be like that all the time but to try and think of things in terms of fitness and health and if you're on stage you want to have stamina you want to be able to do an eight hour rehearsal and not feel wrecked to be able to go for a jog after and all that like that's a really nice feeling when you get to that point Mm -hmm. but yeah there just is I do think like a massive amount of pressure on more on on women yeah I agree I agree like and it's it's an interesting thing I've had an interesting like journey with that because I think (laughs) it's so funny I, I, I used to how do we talk about this? I used to associate myself as very, I'm going to talk like a child because it was how I was thinking, <laughs> like as very girly. Um, okay, yeah. In the sense that like, I was uh, sensitive like in yeah, school. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, like, I remember, I remember like, because I was very sporty as well. It was, yeah. I've always been like this weird parallel thing because um, I'm I'm quite fit, but I actually think I have a lot of like body issues. Like I think I'm quite yeah. fit because of like body image issues. Oh, m- oh me too. Like, like, I think, definitely. I well, think, not from when I was younger, but definitely now. Like I train... For two reasons, like one, yeah, because it's good for me and I enjoy it. The other one is completely career. Oh my god, I need to be fit. I need to be thinner. I need to be, definitely. There's no. That's doubt me. About I, it. I I be honest. Like I and and I've said this to people and they're kind of like, no, I train because I know it's good for me. No. I don't. I don't. I really don't. I train because I want to look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wondered that actually. I'm like, if my body was naturally a different shape, if I was naturally like much thinner yeah. and I didn't need to train, would I, would I train? Would yeah. that be as important to me? I don't know anymore. I, 
well no, I still do really enjoy it and like if I could play sport I, I can't play sport now because you just can't with our I don't feel with our career mm-hmm. there's I, I can't commit to teams and I don't no. want to be a bad team person but like I would love to play like tennis and stuff like that but I do I, I wonder like would physical activity be so important to me if I wasn't an actor yeah it's really interesting we found a really good way of, of doing I'm sure you've heard about it with the guy like MD and stuff plays like the bend it like Beckett yeah, thing the football so we, yeah. it's a real nice thing I it's actually like a, added my, I asked who did I ask could I be part of that oh you 100% can I, yeah they said that I was like oh is that just for boys he's like no well it is just boys at the moment and I was like well add me and I'm going to play but actually I never played soccer okay but I want to I want to start a basketball one. So if there's any basketball actors out there that want to play basketball, I'd love. I'd love and, and Romana actually was in just before you was um she's wanted to get like a volleyball thing going. I would love that. I'd love that as well. She was here like, but it only be girls. I was like, oh, can I please play? Oh my god, I love and volleyball. Would I would love that because I when I was finishing the Fringe show, you know, when you're finishing a show, you have like an anxiety attack of, oh my god, what am I going to do? Well, yeah. I do anyway. Yes. And I was like, I need to do all these things. And then you really start connecting back again. This is me to like things that you did as a child. And you're like, oh, my God, I, I should be going back and playing Gaelic. And I should be doing this. And I'm going to go back playing piano. I'm going to do all these things. And it's this kind of reaching back for these things that you were good at because mm. suddenly you feel like you're stranded. You feel like, well, if I'm not working in acting right now, like what else am I good at? What else can I get self-worth out of? But like sport um, team sports are just hard unless the the guys get it you know of like the Bender like Beckett's you're all in theatre yeah. you know you can't be there every yeah. week and if there's not enough guys for a game one week that's alright you know yeah, what I mean it's yeah, real yeah. nice it's, it's very a really flexible. good idea I think it's great to do that sort of thing any kind of yeah that's that's a really good idea that's it's a really nice way of meeting do. actors outside of actor stuff yeah we like we don't really talk about it we, yeah. you know I might be like oh, how's your show going and like we'll talk about it for a second but then you're just kicking the crap out of each other yeah <laughs> it's great it's wonderful that's um, right let's see how we're doing for time right, we, dude, we've just been having the chats this has been great uh, okay we've got time for definitely one more maybe okay. two uh, let's see okay number four yes no, nice. it doesn't matter now because I'm not going to win. I know, but we just <laughs> talked to him. You're actually doing quite well considering we've only got like, what, that's six. So you've got like... Oh, is that bad? One and three. No, it's okay. really good. Cool. Um, right, number four question is, as a as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? An actor. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Well, uh, when I was a young, young child, I wanted to be in the circus. Um, kind of. So it's still sort of... Um, ballpark. Ballpark. I was very like mad as a child and I'd make all these crazily dangerous obstacle courses around my garden <laughs> and like invite other normal children around and make them do them and like hurt them it was like not good I'd make these courses where I'd be like you can only be my friend if you can do this course sounds like a Saw movie oh my god so bad I'd have like all these appliances like all around the garden of like hanging upside down and leaping off things onto things so yeah I remember like wanting to be in the circus but no from very if I'm being honest from I remember when I was nine I was like I want to be an actor. It was very, very clear moment. And I hadn't even acted before. I did one, actually, it was because we'd done a show in third class that our teacher wrote and it was really crap. And we were third class and fourth and fifth and sixth class had done really good shows. Mm-hmm. And everyone knew that our show was crap. But I remember, I actually remember people laughing when I was on stage. And my third class teacher took me out of class the next day. And uh, he said, oh, do, do you know you're going to be an actor? And I remember just like, it was very much a penny drop. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And that was sort of it. Like, I never wow. actually wanted to do anything else other than that. Writer, actually, when you look back, because, I again, I keep diaries, so you know you have those, like, little girly diaries, and they go, what would your jobs be? And I found one from when I was, like, 10, and I wrote actor and writer, because I liked writing as well. That's, and I'm sort of that's doing literally that. That's you do, yeah. Well, like, some of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah, that's what I definitely wanted to do. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it, it, it's so interesting. Like, I wonder if that teacher said that to anyone else that just doesn't do it now. Yeah. And do they think back about that when they're, you know... And he, like, he didn't really know anything. He was just a school teacher, but he said it. And, and I remember just being like, yeah. And always, in all the years that I played sport and, like, was very involved in different things, it was all, that was just all I wanted to do. And all through school, I never remember really thinking about even doing anything else. And in the morning, if, I don't know, I don't know what could happen that could stop you from doing this. I could do something else. Yeah, like if you had to do another thing, what do you think it would Can be? Can I be in the arts or something totally different? What else would you do in the arts? Um, if I see, I kind of feel like I feel like I I would find it too hard to work in. Th- see, I just adore theatre to be honest, but I feel like would I find it too hard being in theatre and not acting because mm-hmm. I'd be around all people who were doing what I would actually want to do. So, if not, I'd maybe write. Um, 
I'd maybe write a comedy for TV. Mm. Um, or I also think it'd be really interesting to be like a talk show host and like interview people. Yeah. Um, but do something cool like Tommy Tiernan's one where you don't know, where there's a concept behind it. Yeah. You don't know who's going to be on. I Just because I find people really interesting, I think it's something I could enjoy. It wouldn't be the same. It's not something I would like to do, but something like that in the arts. Um maybe do I kind of have a weird relationship with directing I don't really think no so maybe writing for TV um, and if it was completely separate if it was completely separate I think if it was completely separate I'd just sort of be like you know what oh, just give me anything because it wouldn't it was never be the same but I I'm very attached to the idea of happiness so I sort of would have to be happy in it maybe something like um, I wouldn't like to be a teacher I know that I teach piano to kids actually, but I, I would wouldn't like to be a teacher. I'm I know the kind of atmospheres that I like, and school isn't for me. Um, maybe I wondered recently actually. I was like maybe something to do with sport. May but like oh, the thought of not being creative is really difficult. Mm. But maybe something to do with sport because at least there's. If I'm working physically, then I won't think about how miserable I am <laughs> by not being in the arts, or maybe you know some sort of counselor. Maybe mm. in talking to people yeah. about their problems. Yeah. Maybe that. I would bloody hate law. Hate it. Hate business. Hate teaching. Hate actually most jobs. Hate well, I wouldn't like to be in the arts. That's touch wood. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think this has been a useful career conversation for you. It like, has, yeah. You know all the things that you yeah. So you basically have to keep doing exactly what the rest of you're doing Hopefully. for the rest of your life yeah. until you die. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, let's do one more. Okay. Uh okay. Number I hope you have it. Number fifty. No. Oh, shit. Oh, well. Okay, no worries. Hopefully it's a good question. Uh, oh, this is really nice to finish on. Sometimes I think people think that I'm faking it. Can you just read number 50 okay, so people 50. actually believe this happens? Oh, my God. This this is very apt for me as well. What are your dreams for the next five years? I am known, like I'm renowned with all of my friends, regardless of what they do. Have a few drinks. I'll be like, what's your five-year plan? Why would you, why, why, where do you want to be in five years? I always ask people this. Because it's a I, great question. Yeah, and it's also so I can kind of analyze myself. And I always, me and my friends made a time capsule three years ago where I made everyone on New Year's Eve make a time capsule about what they wanted in five years' time. Wow. Okay, so five years' time. Oh, God, but then it's really hard to answer it yourself. Five years' time, I'm 30, right. Okay, dreams for the next five years. Isn't that weird? Oh, be 30. Oh, my God, stop. Oh, my God. Okay, 30. I okay. I want to. I'd love to be in a position in third in thirty years time. No, when I'm thirty, that I'm acting more regularly. Can I WhatsApp you? Can I do your ladies WhatsApp and just yeah? Yeah. Let's go for it. Let's fucking commit. Like oh, we're gonna do like a time capsule. No, I mean well yeah, let, it'll oh. be a time capsule. Oh, but well. I just mean. I, I don't know. Oh, commit to like what would I yeah. really want? Because my tendency, if I was to answer that question just before you get okay. into it, would be to be like, well, and like undersell what okay, I actually okay. want. Okay, okay, sure. What do I actually in want? In the spirit of this conversation. Okay, I want to be, I want to be, well, something I really actually do want, I've been thinking about a lot recently. I want to be making shows and in shows that tour. I want to tour the world with shows. Because um, I think it's a great way to, I'm never going to give up, I'm never going to go away on holidays and and spend time abroad it's just not what I want to do but I the idea of touring a show for me is just like the dream so I want to be doing that in theatre I want to have made more of my own shows but I want to be working more commercially as well I'd love to work in the I would love in five years to have worked in the Abbey a few times the gate depending on the programme um, sorry that sounds like I'm sceptical of it it's not it's just actually that's just a a shadow of like the what the gate used to be and that yeah. I'm I'm only I'm I'm not sure what it's going to be now so yeah I think we're all entitled to a, yeah. a healthy dose of like it's going to take time yeah I'd love to um have worked abroad a little bit I'd love to have um actually I'm just going to throw this out there I'd love to write and be in my own TV series uh, like a comedy that's my big one thing is it yeah 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 and I, I really struggle to say that as well but that's, yeah, that's really hard but I'm going to just say that actually because sometimes I make every year on New Year's Eve I make like what would I love to happen and I never look back on it until the following year and I go actually some of those things came true a yeah. lot of those things and it's one of the things that you say that like that probably everyone wants that really yeah. you know but yeah. so if you can just start saying it you're kind of already a little bit ahead of the game yeah it's not a fucking weird thing to I'd say I'd love to have a really good agent that's yeah. something that I would really love um, and yeah and to still have all the friends that I have 
that's important to me and to uh, yeah it's basically like to be working on stuff that I really feel like is is good stuff to making my own stuff but also to be doing commercial stuff and working in the Abbey and the Gate and project whatever but touring I just I want to go abroad and maybe work abroad I feel like we're very like even this year I'm like I I do want to go I want to spend time away and you know I'm thinking of maybe spending a month in New York to see work and even the idea of that I'm like oh god like what would I be doing in New York you know and but like you know we could all I'm trying to look more outside Ireland now of just different possibilities Mm -hmm. um but also be kind of realistic but yeah be doing a lot of acting some writing TV, film, theatre. Yahoo! Touring. Do it all. <laughs> That's it. Sweet. This yeah. has been deadly. First of all, thank you so much for doing no it. No worries. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, 100%. Um, would you do me a favour and just any little bit of social media, anything you want to plug, anything like that, just take a minute. Okay. Um, I've nothing to plug unless anyone out there wants to hire me. No, I have a few things, but um, they're in a while, so I'm not going to even go there. Sweet. Um, but if, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my, what's it called? Your handle? Uh, yeah. My handle, as far as I know, is... Oh, no one's going to be... I'm going to have to spell it. Gigax92. So, at G-Y-G-A-X 92. That's my second name and my birth year. So, there you go. Sweet. Can <laughs> I just ask the question that everyone was asking? It yeah. must be annoying. Where does it come from? It's from Switzerland. Um, my great-great-granddad was Swiss. I've never been. I have actually no real idea about the history of it. I really should find out. There are different uh, ways to pronounce it. Some people say Gygax. Some people say Gigax, I say Gigax. Um, so that's that's it, yeah. Sweet, love it. Fanula Gigax, thank you so much Fanula, for that. Fanula, you said Fanula. That's because you're trying to. I was <laughs> no. concentrating. No, you're oh, concentrating. No. Seconds. We, oh, were, we, were, we were 10 seconds from oh, a good episode. Oh, shit. Um, what were we. Tom Moran, so, thank you for, for having me. Moran. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, yes. So, guys, that was Fanula Gigax playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. And a massive thank you to Fanula for taking the time to do it. It was an absolutely brilliant episode, an unreal chat. It just flew by, and we organised it so last minute. It was just so lovely when something like that works out. And uh, we just had the chats for an hour, and it was deadly. So, Fanula, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you. As I said, guys, I've just finished uh, a big, long, brilliant run of wonderful plays. Uh, the Rivals, King Lear, Fierce Notions. It's been an absolutely brilliant few months for me, um, personally. Thank you guys for listening through this and kind of putting up with um, some really rushed intros and to Taz for kind of just putting up with like nonsense on my end of just finding it really hard to fit in the time sometimes but you know what it is really rewarding to have you guys listening so if you are still listening please do let me know uh, on other news I will be starting the Tivoli Christmas Panto this year it's very exciting and um, we're going to be doing it with a really good friend of mine Keila Whelan also a brilliant cast of Alan Hughes Rob Murphy Mary Byrne it's really really exciting uh, and if you're around in town especially if you've got like young kids nieces and nephews anyone in your life who you think might enjoy it come and see us at the Tivoli Theatre and be sure to let me know stick around after and I'll come out and say hello uh, in other news a massive thank you as always to the boss woman I've already gave her a little thanks let's give it a big proper thanks to Taz Kelleher for mixing editing and producing this podcast I always like to point you guys in the direction of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus only because it's brilliant it's Taz's podcast with a former guest of the show Marcus O'Leary and it's absolutely brilliant little bite-sized nuggets of information uh, that is designed to be listened to in the shower and other places it's absolutely deadly please do take a listen also a huge thank you to Jack Nolan for our uh, to Connor Nolan Who's Jack Nolan? Ah, some imposter from my brain. To Connor Nolan for the wonderful artwork. Thank you so much, Connor. Uh, and also to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the deadly theme music. And as always, to everyone at Headstuff, to Laura, Sean, especially to Paddy and Alan for all the wonderful, wonderful work they do here and for enabling me to do this podcast for you guys. If you're listening, let them know so they don't, like, drop us from the network. I don't even know, is that a thing? Hopefully not. I don't want it to happen. So um, it's really on you guys to tell them that you love me. Why don't you love me? Guys, I will see you next week when Romana Testaseca plays Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus.